Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, we sit down with the Argyle Report's Sam Doughton to talk about the headlines for the Tar Heels as they begin fall camp. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you too, man. So, uh, yeah, you know, we, we get uh, we, we camp started today. Uh, how was the experience being out there? I know it was a little bit rainy, but uh, I'm assuming you're like the rest of us. It's it's football, so it's worth it. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was very exciting for sure. Um, you know, you, you go out there, you know, we only get about 30 minutes of just to watch and practice, and they're not going to show us anything they really necessarily don't want to show us at this point in time. But, you know, it's always a good feeling to get out there. One thing exciting about this year is they had the seat backs mostly up mm-hmm. in the bottom section of the stadium, and that's looked fantastic for game day at Keene Stadium this year. It's going to be a real nice investment for the fans coming in. And they haven't done the upper deck yet, but the lower deck's almost completely done, and they're still working on getting that ready for kickoffs. And, they, you know, they got about a month out left for that, so it's plenty of time to get things going. But it looked great, and I think everyone at Be the Hills on Saturday is going to really enjoy seeing that just in the stadium. So I, I, uh, one of the things I, I wanted to ask, because I saw that, and uh, something that last year they had a little bit of a problem with was the uh, was the sound system. Was that did that seem to be working pretty well today? Oh, it, it seemed to be bumping really hard. I mean, they had the usual training camp training camp playlist on when we were out there. You know, the same old classic rock tunes and rap hits that you right. hear all the time out there. But you know, and obviously it was raining a little bit, so it wasn't always clear. But the sound system seemed to be in great shape, and it was certainly. You could hear it from a long way away when I was driving and walking up to walk in the stadium to watch. So I think I think it's all ready to go. I think the game environment really could be something special this year with all the right. feedbacks and all the changes they've made. Yeah, sounds great. I, I think that's mm-hmm. something that everybody is really looking forward to. <laughs> Unfortunately, we got to wait until the 15th, but I think everybody's kind of chomping at the bit. Um, so, yeah. you know, let, let's start by talking a little bit about the team and entering the season. I think one of the storylines has to focus around Larry Fedora and really at this point, amazingly, how hot his seat is. I mean, you think just a couple of years ago, we were talking about a guy that could be in consideration for a big time job. Now entering the season, you know, how hot do you feel that his seat is at the moment? It's not as hot as Scotty Montgomery's is down in Greenville, but it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's the hottest of the four ACC coaches in the state of North Carolina. I don't think it's particularly close in any of them. I mean, in, it, it's a multitude of things. I think he's the support he's gotten from the administration after the three nine season has been great and a good sign that things probably aren't as hot as some fans are feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the struggles last season have been chalked up to the injuries and rightfully so. But you know, slowly other things around him are slowly starting to not necessarily fall apart but weaken. Um, he's gotten his clock clean on the recruiting trail by NC State these past right. couple of weeks. That's certainly been a storyline that's been circulating. His comments at Media Day, where he sort of became a national headline uh, as a three and nine team going into the season, do not help things in any way. I mean, regardless of what you think of his comments, like it just the fact that you become a storyline itself is not a good thing. Right. And it's and so the that multitude of thing has certainly, I guess, not made his rope any easier. I mean, I think he certainly has to make a bowl game this year and mm-hmm. at least look to be on the right track in general and things. But, it, you know, if you're looking at another 4-8 and eight season or something like that, like I, and with the, along with the recruiting downgrade, 
great, and that's partially because the rivals around him have gotten better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a recipe for success. But like David Hale said in your podcast earlier, you know, right. you have to find somebody better. So I don't necessarily think it's as hot as some fans might feel it is right now, at least judging from comments in the administration, but I certainly think it's the hottest in the ACC, certainly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I, I think, yeah, if he if he ends up going, I would say if he goes five and seven but beats both Duke and State, he might have an argument. That would be your best bet in that case. But at the same time, I think, you know, I'm kind of with you. Just make a bowl game, and that's what's going to keep you from, from getting fired. That's what's going to definitely help you on the recruiting trail as well. I think that's kind of what some of these recruits may be looking for, but – I, I, yeah, I don't. I, it's a it's a tough situation for Larry, especially after what we saw at Media Day. So yeah, hopefully yeah. he can get that thing turned in the right direction. Um, you know, you mentioned coming off a three and nine season, he's got good support from the administration. What what did you think of the um, the mindset around the team as they took the field today? Well, I mean, it looked like business as usual. Nothing really looked at normal. Obviously, the rain you know made it a little bit kind of miserable out there, but the players were still going hard and they look to be involved and everyone looked to be having you know fun time out there They're getting into the music enjoying being back on campus back in fall camp so the mindset looked good right now you I mean we didn't get a chance to talk to anybody today we got a chance to talk mm-hmm. to coach fedora and some select players on monday during press availability so we didn't really get to talk to them about how they're feeling but everything looked fine so that's that's a good sign and you know when you got a schedule coming up with as many winnable toss-up games on there you got to have that good mindset to get started so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the logistics of this team. And I think it has to start by talking about the biggest question mark, which is going to be the quarterback position. You know, last year, these guys battled pretty much throughout the entire season. For some reason that we still can't figure out, they are they, they somehow stuck with Brandon Harris. We are still trying to figure that out. But he's fine. He's gone. Now it seems that it's Chaz Surratt and Nathan Elliott's battle that's going to continue throughout this fall camp. I saw today that Nathan Elliott seemed a lot seemed to take a lot of the reps with the ones. Chaz Surratt was with the twos. How much do you really buy into that? And right as of right now, do you think that either quarterback seems to have an edge as we start fall camp? Well, I mean, well, if, when you talk to Coach Fedora, when we're going to talk to him on Monday, I guarantee he's going to say, you know, whoever we saw first at practice on. Friday, you know, he's like, well, someone has to go first. But then if you look at the talent that Nathan Elliott had around him, it was the entire people we expect to start offensive line. Jordan Brown was in a tailback. Anthony Rattler was on the outside. Nathan Elliott was taking snaps with the ones. Mm-hmm. And last year when we were at training camp and we saw Brandon Harris do the same thing and start out camp at the ones, everyone immediately was like, okay, that's who the favorite is at this moment. And it stayed that way through the end of spring. Obviously things can change. People can improve a lot in camp. But I'd say right now Nathan Elliott, has an edge, particularly as I saw Chas Surratt struggle in some of the other drills today. He had a lot of trouble throwing a simple bubble screen drill. Obviously, it was raining a little bit, but Nathan mm-hmm. Elliott was on a dime every single time I saw him. Chas had three or four overthrows to his different guys and was not putting in a good spot to let his receivers work on the drill. Um, and so, I mean, obviously, that's just 30 minutes of practice. You know, they're going to practice for at least a couple hours after we yeah, get thrown out of there. Mm-hmm. But Early on, I definitely think Nathan Elliott has an edge, both just in where they're positioned right now with what unit they're with and also just based on some early drills, um, which is interesting because Elliott, you know, had a worse completion percentage than Surratt did last year by some margin. And Surratt has, you know, the leg ability and the running ability that mm-hmm. I don't think Nathan Elliott has. Um, so it's interesting for me. I would, if preseason for me, just based on their production last year, I would probably try to make Surratt lean towards it. Obviously, I've not been at practice and haven't seen how they've been competing. 
And from what I know, talking to Anthony Rattle Williams at Media Day, Nathan Elliott's a very vocal leader, while Chaz is more calm, cool, and collected. Mm-hmm. Both two different leadership styles. He didn't say he had a preference for which one, but I could see where a title coaching staff coming off that 3-9 season would want a vocal leader to be given the edge, perhaps. And so that's just speculation on my part, but I definitely think Nathan Elliott has the edge at this moment. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to know a lot better than most of us, and I mean, that's what we're kind of looking for. You know, I, I saw the stats uh, the other day. I was looking through the QBR, and, and I saw that Nathan Elliott, he finished with a uh, 57.1 QBR a year ago, Chaz Surratt a 44.1, and, I, I, you know, you can go off of that how you kind of want to, but to me, I think that kind of shows the difference in the two quarterbacks. I think Chaz Surratt had his moments where he really struggled and, and turned the football over. And, and I think at times he can get a little, you know, out of control. Oh, my goodness. All right. Oh, seem to have lost Sam here. Let's see if we can't get him back here real quick. Hello. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something got disconnected. But – there's storms everywhere. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, North Carolina weather getting to us. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was always saying, you know, I think Elliott, you know, really comes in with that, you know, more like you – I think, you know, on the field he seems to have that more calm presence where Surratt, I think, at times, you know, he, he kind of panics a little bit. But that's – you know, it's interesting. We'll, we'll definitely have to keep an eye. And like you said, it, it's far from over. Don't think that just because we saw – a guy takes snaps today that that's the guy that's definitely starting. Um, one of the other things that I – this this wasn't, you know, one of the questions that I was meaning to ask you, but I saw this, and I wonder if you had any sort of take on this. I saw that Diami Brown was actually the starter with the ones today. Is it really at this point almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to see a pretty big role this season? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I mean, yeah, Diami Brown. Yeah, the freshman, the fresh uh, number twenty-one, true freshman. He was out there. I know he was out oh, there yeah. today. Yeah, and he had a, mm-hmm. he he did have a good spring. So I saw that he was uh, he was the guy that started with the ones, which I thought was interesting over Bo Corrales. I think uh, Daz Newsom was actually in the slot, so that's why he wasn't mm-hmm. starting outside. But I found that pretty interesting that he was out there starting with the ones. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Bo Corrales certainly looked impressive in the drills that I saw today. And obviously Bo is going to have a little more size than the rest of the wideouts on the team being 6'4". Right. That's obviously going to pop off the screen when you're looking at it. But, yeah, no, I mean, obviously we, we didn't get a chance to see much of the wide receivers work when these sort of drills with the ones come out. It's just sort of, you know, a smorgasbord of things going on. They don't throw any passes. It's just sort of basically a glorified walkthrough of what the place calls gotcha. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um so I think you know you didn't get a chance to see him necessarily do a time, but it was you know definitely an interesting development that they're going to have a true freshman start last year. Perhaps Coach Fedora's gotten a little more comfortable with letting freshmen that have shown the ability to play in these situations than he has perhaps in the past with this past year. You know, getting a chance to be forced to play so many freshmen, and if the Army's made the chance, made the jump, made a chance to play, then power to him. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so you know, back on course a little bit. Antonio Williams deemed eligible last Friday. How do you feel that he's going to have an impact on this team this season? I honestly don't know how much of an impact he's going to have because Jordan Brown and Michael Carter were so good for mm-hmm. UNC last year. They already had a good running game. Obviously, you know, more talent, the better. And if someone, if one of those two gets hurt, then Antonio will get a chance. But you no, know, I, I, I have trouble seeing him necessarily breaking through 
between those two at the current moment. Obviously, Antonio's a little bit more of a power runner, his ability to take a little bit better hits, kind of similar to Elijah Hood in that way, mm-hmm. um, than perhaps um, Brown and Carter are who are a little bit more speed, not that they can't break tackles, but just you know the way they're built. I you know, think Antonio can lower his shoulder and get going a little bit. But I, I mean, it's definitely good that he's around. I just don't know how much better he makes the team than they already were going to be because they already had two good backs and already proven they can run the ball. So he's just going to be a third option, a third wrinkle. Uh, maybe somebody they put in short yard situations with Elijah, like they did with Elijah Hood or something like that. But I'm, I'm not sure, you know, comparatively how, like, if you like, you know, changes changes the way the season kind of work out for this team. Certainly better to have him around than not, but I don't think he's necessarily a game changer. Gotcha. Uh, you know, looking on the offensive line, you know, that's going to be, I think, the key to the success of this team this year. You know, it seems like most of the spots are pretty locked up, but the right guard spot remains a massive question mark. You know, I'm hearing that there could be four guys that could possibly start there and all of them are going to have a chance to prove themselves. William Barnes is the reason why this spot, I think, is still as open as it is. Because, yeah, William Barnes comes in. He had a fantastic offseason in the weight room. You know, when you look at it, you know, what do you think that he's going to bring to the table? And who do you think emerges at this position to start? Well, I mean, William Barnes, you know, starting off, just coming in. True freshman listed at 6'5", 330. That is elite-level size. Mm-hmm. And he's got elite-level ability. He was one of the top recruits in, the, in this incoming recruiting class. Uh, Coach Fedoria, particularly when Jordan Adams uh, left to go to MLB. And so that, I mean, anytime you throw somebody like that into a situation, particularly when, you're lo- when you've lost so many starters on the offensive line, so you don't necessarily need to have that continuity everywhere where everyone's going to be new, mm-hmm. so you get a chance to build your own sort of unit. Uh, that's that's a good thing to see. I will say today that the person taking snaps with the ones was Billy Ross in the 56, yep. freshman mm-hmm. freshman. Mm-hmm. So he appeared, and you know, I generally think I'll give the edge to anybody who's starting off in that sort of position. And it sounded like he had a pretty good spring program as well, based on what I've been hearing. So that's who I'm going to give the edge to at this time. Um, but hey, really, you're right. It could be anybody's game. And we, you know, as we go to more practice build, but as things go on, things could change on a week-to-week basis on that front, depending on who performs in drills, who performs in practice. Yeah, I, I, that's one of those ones that personally I'm going to be kind of focusing in on because, man, mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that that's one of those exciting battles. So many great guys that could take over there. The defensive line. Now, this is the best unit I think on this team. I, you know, running back now with with Antonio Williams maybe could have an argument, but that defensive line is just on a different level. Um, you know, how important uh, is it that they, uh, you know, for them to have success? Like, do you think that they could control the ultimate success of this defense this year? They are the linchpins, whether you know this team goes four and eight or whether this team goes eight and four. In my mind, mm-hmm. I would actually probably give the running back class with Antonio Williams a little bit of an edge in this group, just because as a unit I haven't seen the defensive line produce at a level that this defense is needed in any of my really right, three years here at Carolina. True, but in, partic- mm-hmm. but in particular, like they they've had trouble stopping the run, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a yeah. big big deal for this team is to be able to generate enough forward push at the defensive line using Aaron Crawford and Jalen Dalton. And those sort of guys to clog up running holes and give the linebackers and DBs a chance to make tackles on the outside or make tackles on the inside themselves and not let them get to the second or third level and just eat up chunks of yards. That's what, I mean, every team in the conference is going to try to run on this defense because they know that's where the defense is weak because the defensive backfield, I think, is pretty solid when you get when they, particularly in the quarterback, when the defensive line gets a good pass rush. So I think, in general, this defensive line really needs to show that they are as good as their star ratings and recruiting because they have been a pretty good recruiting mm-hmm. in general based on their rankings. 
and you know their experience. It's a very upperclassman heavy group with a bunch of juniors and seniors. And this is the year they really need to step up. And I know individually each player's been pretty solid, but I've never felt as a unit they've had successful games successful games of the whole time. There's been the lack of consistency. I think when Louisville ran roughshod over everyone last year, part of that was Lamar Jackson, but part of that was the defensive line had trouble getting pressure. And, you know, partially but and they didn't have as many injury concerns necessarily as some of the other position groups did last year. So that's I understand that they they're got a lot of returners, but that's always been a huge question mark for me of this team. And I think it's the biggest X factor to whether this team can make a jump to a respectable level with so many winnable games in this coastal division mm-hmm. where everyone's sort of right at the same level, or whether they're gonna have another season with a lot of struggles. And it's really gonna come down to whether the stars on this defensive line can produce. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you on that. And and I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, this this line is talented. Don't get me wrong about that. But I think it's like you said, you know, they've had their moments where they've looked good, but they've never had – none of these guys have ever really been overly consistent, maybe outside of Aaron Crawford when he's healthy. He's had some yes. health issues. That's kind of been what's hurt mm-hmm. his career. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think there are guys that are definitely capable, definitely the guys – on the interior of that defensive line, you mentioned Jalen Dalton, who, you know, we don't really know what he's going to be able to bring this year because right now he's a, he's injured. He actually wasn't even at practice today. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Jeremiah Clark's another one of those guys that, you know, has really done a good job stopping the run, but he's just not able to get on the field all that much. I don't know why that really is. I don't know if he's just not showing enough in practice or what's going on there. And then, yeah, getting pressure on the quarterback's got to be a key this year. I mean, I can't remember the last time that we had a guy even finish with over seven sacks in a season. That's Absolutely. something yeah. that we've got to do, especially with the quarterbacks that you're going to face in this Coastal because, yeah, there are some guys that have some talent, but there's a lot of guys that are young that if you put pressure on them will make mistakes. So that's the key, I, I think, for that defensive line. You mentioned the defensive backfield, and you said, look, they've got some talent. Do you think that this unit has what it takes to be able to bounce back from what we saw last year which was you know a little bit of inconsistency something that you know with how bad our run game defense has been we kind of got to have a consistent backfield yeah no absolutely yeah absolutely enough I do think they have the talent to be consistent see I also think part of the reason they struggled a little bit last year was sort of the defense philosophy of this team was to you know be, be aggressive be a little gambly blitz a lot mm-hmm. um you know try to disrupt some things and sometimes when you go boom or bust you bust and they busted more times often than not last year in part i think because of their youth they were a pretty young unit particularly in the secondary last year um and now you know this year they're gonna have a bunch of guys returning you lost nj stewart who's obviously a big big hole to replace but you've had three or four guys behind him that have played consistently over the past two years and have consistently shown improvements like we saw towards the end season last year particularly with kj sales really stepping up and playing well. You know, safety-wise, I really don't have any concerns. I think Britt's very solid, and Miles Dorm is up practicing today, so that injury right. concern mm-hmm. did not appear to be there. So I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm bullish on this group. I think this group's going to be pretty good. Um, and, but I also think that they'll be helped out tremendously if the defensive line can generate that pass rush, like you mentioned, which gives them more chances to make plays on the ball, maybe uptick those interception numbers from last year, which finished – you know, pretty paltry seven when, you know, most advances right. said there should be somewhere in the double digits easily based on the number of passes they defended. Um, so you know, it's, 
it's all, it's, I never know what to make of a Tar Heel defense just because there's so many different variables. It's never been something that's been consistently good under right. Dexter even when Gene Chizik was here. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I think, honestly, this whole defense comes down to the defensive line in my eye. If the defensive line can do their job and stay healthy and, you know, help against the run and also get, generate a decent pass rush, the rest, of, the rest of the units are talented enough that they'll do their jobs, and they think they've consistently been doing their jobs. Linebacker, of course, a little lean, obviously a little young all around, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of talent there as well. So I, it really, everything on the defense centers out of that defensive line for me. Everywhere else, they've got enough talent, and the defensive line has enough talent, but the defensive line's got to execute to get everything going. Guys, Sam Doughton from the Argyle Report. Man, this was fantastic. Great having you on, man. Great stuff. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, I mean, you're one of the lifelines for, for Tar Heel fans. I know um, they're going to be following you this year. So, you know, uh, give them the Twitter handle so if they want to follow so they can know exactly what's going on with Tar Heel football this season. Yeah, well, first things first, you should follow the organization I work for at Argyle Report. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you were, you know, UNC-based site. We got started last year by former Joe Hills writer Turner Walston. Um, we got, you know, sort of a new crop of people coming in. You know, it won't just be me on the football beat all season. We'll have a couple guys shifting in and out. But we also cover all the other Olympic sports. So if you're a fan of volleyball or either of the soccer teams or field hockey, anything up coming up this fall season, you want to be sure to check us out. Uh, I personally am at S.J. Doughton, D-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. That's where you can find me on Twitter where you can get my insights into the team and the things that I'm seeing. Anthony, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Hey, yeah, I enjoyed it, man. Just uh, awesome stuff, and uh, we will definitely have to have you on back down the line if if you'll uh, if you'll ha- you know join us again. So, mm-hmm. absolutely appreciate it. Have a good day. All right, you too, man. All right, guys, Sam Doughton of the Argyle Report stopping by to give us a little bit of an update on what's going on, uh, you know, through the first day of camp and what we're going to be looking for as camp goes along. Guys, tomorrow, of course, meet the heels. Big day for the Tar Heel football team. Come out and support this team. It's going to be at three. It's going to be three to six p.m. in the blue zone inside the stadium. So, yeah. Like Sam said earlier, you guys get to go in there, you get to meet the players and everything like that, but you also get to take a chance to look and see what the stadium looks like for this upcoming season. Guys, as always, follow the blog. Uh, It's on medium.com, Heel Tough Blog. It's also got a Facebook page now uh, on Facebook, just Heel Tough Blog. Follow the podcast on Spreaker.com. You can go ahead and subscribe there. Uh, Everything goes out over my Twitter page as well, at Future Tar Heels. So guys, check that out. We have a big event coming up. It's going to be through Blog Talk Radio. I just announced it today. I'm going to try to figure out a date probably either tonight or tomorrow and get that posted for you where you guys will be able to come in. We will have it set up where it is like a radio station setup. You will call in and you will give me your prediction for this upcoming season. I will break it down for you. And we are going to try to do that into, uh, I know right now the limit is 30 minutes. I want to try to do at least two of those to give you guys a chance to come in and give your predictions and interact with me. Uh, the only thing, of course, that we do ask is that you try to keep it clean. Uh, you know, this this is a, a professional podcast. So, you know, if you come on, just, you know, bring your opinion and, and let's hear what you got. I'm welcoming all opinions for all Tar Heel fans, and even if you are a Tar Heel fan and you do listen to this podcast, you can go ahead and bring in the opinion. I'm willing to definitely talk the outside opinion on this team 
for this season. So guys, I'm going to get ready to step off. Thanks, Sam Downton from the Argyle Report one more time for coming on with us and giving us this report, hoping to get Andrew Jones from Tar Heel Illustrated to come on at some point. Jonathan Alexander from News and Observer. We'll see if we can't try to get him to come on as well as he was, uh, you know, he's, he's been dealing with some stuff. He was out of town. So unfortunately, we weren't able to do the interview today, but hopefully we will be able to get him on later on down the line. So that will do it for me. Guys, keep listening to the podcast, and as always, go Tar Heels!